Welcome to the Physician's Financial Checkup Podcast, where we discuss the financial challenges and opportunities facing medical professionals. In this podcast, we'll discuss a variety of financial topics that are important to physicians, such as retirement planning, investing, and estate planning. We'll also interview experts in the financial services industry to get their insights on these topics. If you're a physician or a spouse of a physician, I encourage you to listen to this podcast. We will provide you with the information you need to make sound financial decisions and achieve your financial goals. Here's your host, Brent Bowden, a financial coach and certified financial planning advisor with over 15 years of experience helping medical professionals achieve their financial goals. To learn more about Brent Bowden and his services, visit brentbowden.com. Welcome to the Physician's Financial Checkup Podcast. You're joining us for the second week of our four-week series of investing, where we're going to talk about the common types of retirement investment accounts that are offered uh, by employers, self-employed, small businesses, and what you can do on your own. So we'll discuss the different types of accounts, some of their benefits and drawbacks, and who they may, may be best suited for. So let's jump right in. Let's start with some of the easiest types of accounts uh, for retirement investments, which is the individual retirement account, or also known as the IRA. The original version of the IRA is a tax advantage account that can be used to save for retirement, uh, where contributions from your taxable income are tax deductible to go into a traditional IRA with income and and contribution limits, and those funds will grow tax-free. And then as long as you take them out after 59 and a half, those growth of that fund uh, is taxed at your income rate when you take distributions. Uh, Later, there was the Roth IRA version that was added. And a Roth IRA also does have some uh, tax-free growth, but it, it is contributions that go in that have already been taxed. And so when you take them out in distribution, after 59 and a half, those distributions are not taxed. And so uh, for a lot of young earners, or as long as you don't hit the income limitations, uh, a Roth IRA may be a good initial avenue for you to put away while you meet some of those income limitations. So what are those? Uh, In 2023, and these are adjusted uh, annually for inflationary measures, but the IRA or Roth IRA contributions for anyone under the age of 50 is a maximum amount of 6,500. Or if you're over the age or 50 or older, then you have a $1,000 catch-up contribution provision uh, allowing you to put away up to 7,500. Now, keep in mind, you still have income eligibility uh, to look out for. So the modified adjusted gross income Uh, to be able to put away the maximum amount in 2023 is to be under $138,000 as a single or $218,000 combined to be eligible for full contribution to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Those do phase out. uh, So if you're in the middle of uh, some of this range, then there is a limitation to exactly how much you can put in, but you still can contribute to those. So for a single, the phase out limit goes from 138,000 to 153,000. At 153,000, you you make too much income for these traditional 
or Roth IRAs in the traditional sense. For married filing jointly, that ranges from about $218,000 of earned income to $228,000 of modified adjusted gross income. So traditional IRAs have have been a a good way to be able to save outside of employer-sponsored accounts for uh, quite a while, and there's some different limitations to that as well. But from a simplicity standpoint, that covers most of it. So moving along to some employer-sponsored plans, the one you'll find most often today uh, is a 401k plan. So that uh, started in 1978 uh, as part of the Internal Revenue Services 401k section, subsection K, hence the name, uh, very original. But it was uh, set up to supplement pension plans. Uh, Unfortunately, pension plans are fewer and far between for most people these days. And it has become a primary use for uh, for for-profit employer-sponsored retirement plans. So the way that a 401k works is it is a tax-deferred defined contribution plan that allows employees to save their paycheck before taxes are taken out. And so a traditional 401k uh, often has a variety of investment choices, may have some target-dated funds, and those contributions are often matched to a certain extent by the employer. So in reality, the 401k contributions comes out before you've been taxed. Those contributions will grow tax-free until you take out distributions in retirement. Uh, After the age of 59 and a half, there's no penalty. If you were to take out distributions uh, prior to that, there could be subject to a 10% penalty. Now, in 2006, an additional uh, option was granted uh, for a Roth 401k, which a lot of employers, especially larger employers, have adopted the capability of. And that allows you to have both the pre-tax 401k option, uh, which is similarly treated like a uh, traditional IRA, or a post-tax Roth 401k. So in the Roth 401k option, you can still contribute to that. However, those have already been taxed, and so they'll grow tax-free, very similar to a Roth IRA. And in distribution, there will be no taxes due. Now, if you max out uh, the employer contribution, or excuse me, the employee contribution amounts, uh, which are indexed each year, and for 2023 are 22,500 of your employee amount contribution, or there's a catch-up contribution on 401k or Roth 401k, allow you to do up to 30,000 if you're age 50 and older. Um, However, any of the matching funds or profit sharing funds that an employer contributes to your 401k uh, will go into that pre-tax 401k bucket. It allows them to get an employer tax deduction. Uh, And so note that if you're contributing all of your monies into the Roth section, you'll still typically have a match or profit sharing that goes into the uh, 401k part. So, you know, if you're one interesting thing too, if you've got some of these retirement plans, uh, but you have a a non-working spouse, there is still ability for you to use the employer retirement plan and then uh, contribute to a a spousal IRA contribution annually. Um, I would suggest you talk to your CPA or financial advisor in a little bit more detail exactly how that that works um, and how to set it up. But uh, it is a nice thing to be able to put aside funds uh, for a non-working spouse. So moving on to uh, another 
employee retirement plan that we'll see often is a 403B. Uh, has some similarities to 401Ks. They are tax advantage retirement plans, um, but they're generally offered by nonprofit organizations uh, or government employers. And the contribution limits uh, are the same. Keep in mind that with some of the additions of profit sharing, uh, as well as employer matches, just because you've hit the total contribution of 22,500 if you're under 50, uh, your employer contributions can go over and above that. And there's a, a maximum amount that is also indexed um, for 2023, that is 66,000. So um, some profit sharing could go up to that. We don't see that very often in traditional 401k, 403b, but no, it is available. Another uh, account that we look at a lot for uh, clients that are utilizing high deductible savings plans uh, is utilizing a health savings account. So health savings accounts are a tax advantage plan it's really set up to, to pay for qualified medical expenses, although there's not a limitation each year that you have to use all those funds and they, they can roll over and add up over time. Um, HSAs are particularly nice because they have really a triple tax advantage. Contributions to those go in uh, pre-tax. Any earnings that you may have, uh, there are some investment options uh, for a lot of plans if you get over a certain uh, basic threshold. A lot of times that's maybe 3000 or so dollars in there. Um, you can actually invest some of those. And so the earnings on those are tax-free. And then withdrawals for qualified medical expenses are also tax-free. Uh, once you hit retirement age, there's some additional benefits. So growing your health savings account, if you're looking for an additional place to park money uh, on a tax-favorable basis, could be an option for you as well. A little outside of the employer-sponsored plans, but uh, certainly wanted to, to touch on our 529 plans. So uh, 529 plans are set up really for education. They have opened up in the past few years to where they can be used for uh, primary education all the way up through uh, college, master's. And so they're tax advantage plans that you can use to pay for qualified education expenses. Um, contributions to those aren't tax deductible, but earnings do grow tax-free and the withdrawals from those, if they're used for qualified education expenses are also tax-free. So it's a good place to park some money from an investment standpoint. Uh, if you have kids or plan to go back to school at some point in the future, um, there also has been some changes uh, coming with a couple of the SECURE Acts that allow some of those funds to be used into a Roth IRA uh, down the road. We'll talk about that on a, a future podcast in more detail, but 529 plans are a great place uh, for qualified education expenses. So those are some of the traditional uh, investment choices that you'll find the types of accounts. Um, there is one that we'll talk about in a lot more detail later, which is a brokerage account or a non-qualified uh, investment account, which allows you to put after-tax money in. There's no restrictions from a retirement perspective because you would pay taxes on capital gains um, in the year that you see those. So whether that's a long-term or short-term capital gain, um, a non-qualified account is a much more liquid account for uses in shorter term cases or to park additional funds for long-term growth. So we'll hit on that in a future episode in a little bit more detail. Some of the uh, 
lesser known retirement accounts for employers uh, or self-employed that, that we'll just touch on briefly. Certainly, if one of these hits you uh, as a possibility for you, happy to talk offline, shoot a message. We can do some uh, future podcasts on these if there's interest in those as well. But I wanted to go over just a couple of details. A SEP IRA is a simplified employee pension IRA, which is a retirement plan that allows self-employed individuals um, and small business owners to take tax-deductible contributions to a retirement account. Uh, it's a, Obviously, it's a simplified version and has a lot of the same benefits as a traditional IRAs. One of the key differences is that contributions are limited to the lesser of 25% of business revenue or 20% in a sole business or sole proprietor um, business with a maximum amount uh, in 2023 of a total of $66,000. Uh, so... Right now, there's no Roth option in a SEP IRA. It's a little bit of an older tool, but it is one that's available still. Um, costs tend to be a little bit lower and a little easier to administer. Um, relatively new, although it's been around for uh, probably the past 10, 12 years, uh, is a solo 401k. So with some similarities to traditional 401ks, the solo 401k is really built just for self-employed individuals, somebody who has no employees uh, or maybe a, a spousal couple who's running a business jointly. And it does have a lot of the traditional 401k, also has a Roth options, uh, which are available for really kind of an easy, straightforward paperwork standpoint. There's a lot lower cost than putting in a traditional 401k, uh, which has to have some third-party administration uh, testing. And so solo 401k is a great place for uh, a sole proprietor with no employees to be able to put contributions away. Uh, those maximum contributions also in 2023 can add up to about 66000 And so as long as you're under that amount, 25% uh, of compensation or with that max of 66000 gives you the uh, total amount you can put in a solo 401k. Now, if you do have employees, that SEP IRA may be better. Or the other version is a simple IRA. Uh, so simple IRA is a savings incentive match plan for employers. And so it basically allows for a much easier offering. Uh, you can really only select two choices uh, within a simple IRA. So has some uh, similarities to a 401k, although contribution limits are lower. Uh, you cannot implement any particular type of vesting schedule like you can uh, in a 401k. And basically the two options that you choose from when implementing a simple IRA is a dollar for dollar match up to 3% of the employee's contribution. So any participating employees, uh, you have to choose either this dollar for dollar match for 3%. Uh, so if they put in three, you put in three matches 100%. If they put in five, you're still matching at three. Um, or the other one is a 2% flat contribution to all employees, regardless of their participation in the plan, uh, with a maximum compensation of $330,000. And you also have uh, lower employer contribution limits. So the employee contribution limit on a simple IRA in 2023 has a max of $15,500. So in comparison to the much higher uh, 401k employee contribution limit of $22,500. Uh, 
see there's a, a big difference in a simple IRA. There is a catch-up contribution for employees that are age 50 and older. Those can go up to $19,000. And a couple of changes that'll make maybe simple IRAs a, a bit more attractive. Um, in Secure Act 2.0, starting in 2024, there will also be the availability of employers to make um, contributions up to 10% of compensation or a $5,000 uh, annual uh, contribution, similar to a profit sharing. It allows them to, to put a little bit more incentive into their employees for uh, contributing to their simple IRA. And they're also introducing the Roth option uh, to be available within a simple IRA. So might make that a little bit more attractive for small employers to be able to benefit and give their employees a retirement plan option. Uh, a lot of uh, medical professionals will also see the availability of a potential 457 plan. And so a 457B plan is a supplemental retirement plan offered by state and local governments and tax exempt organizations. Uh, oftentimes you may see this for uh, some of the higher compensated uh, hospital organizations and offers very similar benefits to a, a 401k plan with some key differences. Uh, one of those major key differences is that because it's not a true qualified retirement plan, withdrawals before 59 and a half are actually not subject to that 10% early withdrawal penalty that you would get in a 401k. And so if the 457 is available and you plan to retire earlier, that's certainly an option I would consider. Um, talk with your CPA and financial advisor to see if that is something you should be contributing to as well. Um, but you'll see those oftentimes in some hospital organizations. Now, one of the other uh, things that we'll talk about in a future episode in, in a little bit more detail is the ability to take uh, old IRAs or IRAs that you've contributed to and convert those to a Roth. Um, the reason that you may want to do that is that if you believe your income level or tax level is currently lower than it might be in uh, retirement, being able to transfer or convert some of those IRA funds, uh, you'll pay taxes on them now. So highly recommend you to have some outside cash to be able to pay that tax. Uh, but once the money is in a Roth IRA, you have the ability to grow that tax-free uh, not subject to any requirement distributions and allows for a little bit more flexibility and control over kind of future tax income, uh, especially in retirement. So uh, we'll talk more about that. Just wanted to mention that's a, a decent option, especially if you've got uh, a large amount of traditional IRAs and are a little bit uh, cognizant of what those RMBs might be in the future. Starting to convert to Roth IRAs early may be an option for you as well. Uh, so let's talk quickly about multiple retirement accounts. So a, a lot of our clients may be moonlighting. Uh, and so you may have some outside activities in addition to your regular employer job. And there are some limitations to being able to have kind of multiple uh, employer contribution accounts. Uh, most of those limitations really come down to the amount that you can put away in some of those plans. So if you have, let's say, a, a 401k option um, at two different jobs, your maximum is still uh, contribution for each year is whatever the maximum is for an individual at one employer. 
And so whether you put all of it in one 401k or split that between the two, um, that contribution limit is maxed at whatever your age and, and restrictions are for that. So if you're lucky to have those, certainly talk with a tax advisor or a financial advisor uh, to make sure you follow the IRS rules to be able to have those contributions uh, and max out both of those retirement plans that you have the capability of. So hopefully that helps just go over a few of the facts of some of the less known retirement plans that are available. Uh, certainly important to do your research and kind of compare your different accounts before you make any decision because there are a few things that certainly have some additional benefits and drawbacks uh, of each of these investment accounts. While they have some similar capabilities, there are some uh, small differences that you may want to consider in being able to do that. Tends to be uh, one of the factors to consider is the tax benefits. So some investment accounts we've talked about offer tax advantages on the front end. So maybe it's a tax deduction. Uh, some of those will allow tax-free growth and some will include tax-free withdrawals. So knowing the proper mix of what you have, um, I'm a big proponent of having a little bit in all of those buckets. Um, if you're on the younger side and can contribute to Roth IRAs, maximizing those uh, early on certainly can, can be a boom for you in retirement because you don't have to take those out. Uh, you're, you won't pay taxes on them and so can be helpful. But having some taxable income in retirement is not a bad thing either. So just having a mix of all of those and knowing what that mix is and how it may benefit you in retirement. Also understanding the investment options within your retirement accounts. Oftentimes within a 401k, simple IRA, any of the employer-sponsored retirement plans, there may be less choices. And so there may be somewhere between 10 and 30 investment choices. There may also be some target-dated funds that adjust automatically over time to get more conservative. Understanding what those variety of options are so that you can invest according to your risk tolerance um, and understanding what those risks may be. Some uh, plans will also have a investment window where you can go out to the general market uh, within your 401k or 403b uh, and invest those in outside uh, investment choices like uh, ETFs or individual stocks. And so knowing what those costs are and, and what options you may have could be a great option within a brokerage window. And then contribution limits, just making sure that you're contributing to your retirement accounts uh, in the appropriate manner, trying to max out the contributions that you have within the retirement plan options you have so that you can save early and often uh, for retirement. And then finally, knowing the different early withdrawal penalties, what ages do you need to get to um, to be able to account for those and reduce that extra 10% on most cases, uh, early withdrawal penalty. So when we talk about investment accounts, uh, certainly other factors you wanna consider is your age, your income, uh, your risk or the amount of risk you're willing to take on within your portfolio, as well as your investment goals in that particular account. Especially if you're a beginning investor, uh, using some of the low cost index funds we talked about in the last episode that may track a broad market index, such as an S&P 500 uh, or a total market index fund are good ways to diversify your portfolio 
uh, reducing your risk, but still allowing for that diversification. Um, if you're getting closer to the retirement, you may want to try to consider, uh, especially 15 and older, maxing out those catch-up contributions if you can. They'll allow you to kind of catch up and grow some of those funds before you get to retirement. And then if you have the high deductible health insurance account, again, a HSA is a triple tax advantaged account, and it can be used as an additional kind of retirement savings vehicle in the future. So being able to utilize some of those lesser known investment accounts can really help you to add savings, build up for retirement, and make smart investment choices. So if you've got questions, certainly put those in the comment. Happy to answer some of uh, the individual questions regarding retirement accounts. And certainly it's important to do your research with your employer and compare different types of accounts before you choose the best investment choices for you and continually check up on those. Uh, so at least on an annual basis, review your employer retirement accounts, make sure that you're making the best choices uh, for your current situation. Thanks for joining us in this second week of our four-week series on investing. We've got two more weeks coming toward you. Uh, thanks for joining us and hit that subscribe button. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Physician Financial Checkup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. You can also find more information on brentbowden.com. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as financial advice. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of any other individual or organization. You should carefully consider your investment objectives, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment decisions. If you are seeking financial advice, you should consult with a qualified financial advisor who can assess your individual circumstances and needs.